Thanks for listening to Bits Before Crits. If you like what you see and like what you hear, then maybe you could listen to what we're about to record, which is Bits After Crits. It's our little behind-the-scenes recap of what just happened, where we uh, talk to each other about what we think happened. And you can only find it on our Patreon. Usually, but for the first Bits After Crits of the season, we will be releasing it free on the regular feed so you can get a sample and figure out what you're going to be dipping your toes into. Or you can dip your toes into it before you dip your wiener into it. You can oh, dip your little, lot of pressure. your little piggies right into the water. You can just dip those pink little piggy toes right into the water. Oink, oink. This joke is officially dead. <laughs> I have died. This is my first bits after credits. I'm so excited. My first one, too. But I know you're just a white witch putting that spell on me. You know I love the punishment, so girl, keep telling me. Hello and welcome to Bits After Crits, the casual hangout after the show. All of our pants are off. Dude, it's quarantine. I haven't put on pants in like weeks. I was going to say, my pants have been off this whole time. Yeah, I haven't changed my clothes in three days, but I do wear deodorant. So we just finished episode one of Vampire, second season. It's so wild to be back. I feel like I just left these characters, but at the same time, it's been like an eternity since I last played with Jamie. Yeah, it's been oh a God. while. It's been so long. I've missed I've missed all of your lovely voices and your senses of humor and getting to just be weird with y'all. I really missed it, but it's good to be back. It's so crazy to me. Like, it really doesn't feel real. We've literally talked about doing a sequel vampire season since we finished the first vampire season. And in the interim have done, all of us have had like a year and a half worth of life, but also the podcast has had like fucking like five different universes since It is then. so strange to me that it's been a year and a half. Yeah, that's wild. It's also awesome of our fans because I feel like we have so many fans who are like, please do a sequel to Vampire. And then we just never did it for so long. Like people have kind of stuck with us. So thanks. Thanks for that. That's awesome. And I'm glad people are loving it because we fucking love to do it. We love these girlies. How did you guys like prepare for this season? I know that like I listened to the last season and I was like, okay. I always say I'm going to do stuff and then I don't. So I never listen to re-listen to season one. But thankfully, my boyfriend is the DM. So every time I'm like, wait, what's canon? Hey, Dean, tell me this thing. We're not even sure if Magdalena was entirely present for season one or how present she is in any given time. So it kind of fits for the character. <laughs> and similarly similarly to Chesco, I halfway paid attention, which means I listened to the first half of the season and then uh, forgot. Oh, my God. I can't believe that I like I thought that I was slacking listening to it like I just finished yesterday. <laughs> I listened through the whole thing and took extensive notes. I, I listened through thinking. the whole thing at two times speed because Dean said it still listens well at two times, which for the most part it does. I mean, for the most part, there were moments where I, was, I wasn't listening in like heavy. There were moments where I was like, oh, I just missed about a minute, but it's fine because I'm just reviewing my notes. So I went back, I listened through, had a lot of fun, thought a lot about, oh, the group dynamic and coming together again. Like a big question was, oh, how do we assemble these Avengers? Because... They're not like an established team, so how do we get them together again? And well, I was I excited like to see that. Three of us can be an established team, That's but so then funny Galaxio. Because yeah, in my yeah. mind, we are absolutely an established team. <laughs> <laughs> and in my mind, it's like court-appointed community service hours is what Galaxio has to spend. With oh, my him. God. 
Can I just say, Dean, good job on being like, oh, Galaxio's gotta be here too, when you were like, and you can't use your shadow powers either. And I'm like, yeah, you tell him. I'm glad that it became Galaxio pulling you together, because I realized the people who were most affected by it also didn't care. Like, obviously, I banned Dominate and Dementate, which theoretically should make Magdalena extremely upset. Mm -hmm. And also I banned animalism, which theoretically should make Chesco completely furious. But yeah, well, you said it was like, okay, in some areas. So Chesco was just kind of like, not dealing with the consequences in his head. In my mind, I was like, I guess Chesco would be mad. But I'm like, at present, my rats are tap dancing. So I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah, in my mind, I was like, Dean is trying to start a fight with characters that like, Famously, to me, a Magdalena or a Chesco experiencing upset goes to heartbreak, not anger. Like, if you establish something like that, like, to me, it's just going to make them be, like, frowny face puppies. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, like, chippity-choppity time for the, or hippity-hoppity time for chippity-choppity, which is the frog (laughs) with the guillotine. Well, I mean, I think Magdalena Magdalena can go there, but but she's also super weak. Do we put up our character sheets on the Patreon? We have not ever before. We theoretically could. I feel like we ought to. Like, These are if really you look fun. At, yeah, if you look at Magdalena's stats, and as we were doing our our practice play sessions before we started recording this season so we could kind of remember how, how these characters worked, every time we got into combat, Magdalena got her ass handed to her because she's extremely powerful in that she can manipulate you and fuck with your mind. But if you can land a punch on her, she's done. Mm-hmm. She's very physically weak. So that's not really her style. And it's never really been her style to be out and out violent. Well, we did learn that it is not our party's style to be out and out violent when in our test session, we got our collective ass handed to us because we immediately entered combat. I think Dean just needed to take some anger out and uh, we just happened to be the victims. (laughs) Yeah, this season could have just been one episode if it had just been that play sesh where we all died. Well, I suspect (laughs) a physical antagonist based on how powerful your vampires are, but I put all their dots into fighting, which none of you have, like, Lav has feral weapons. That's it. You can claw. Yeah, Chesco's kind of a tank. He has no tanking abilities. Uh, I have no tanking abilities, and I ended up, you made two NPCs, one of which was a mental tank, and I ended up fighting the mental tank and getting my mind wiped. Famously, a good move by the party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the moral of this story is that we old, we we still not good at what we do. Like, we've been vampires for hundreds of years, but we're the dregs of the vampire community, I do think. <laughs> I am the Janice Ian of the vampire community. I'm Damien. You're Damien? Magda- Who? Who's Magdalena? Karen? Who Her- are oh, these the dumb people? one? Yeah. Oh, whoa. Well, I she mean, has really high wits. You're both a little bit psychic. Yeah, yeah, we are both a little bit psychic. You I might both get curious, ESPN. Right? Well, you or you could be Gretchen and Lav is Regina. I think Lav is Regina. Lav is Regina. Lav fucks the most. And then Uncle Smelly might be Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uncle Smelly, my absolute new favorite character. Oh, I'm so happy, Dean. I just can't wait to meet Aunt Smelly. (laughs) Or Uncle Smelly. Gay people exist, Green. No, they don't. I don't believe in them. We've established this. It's true. It's part (laughs) of the lore. So, what are what are what is everybody looking forward to seeing next? We got to go to the Olive Garden now, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> yeah, can we can we talk so about good. the tantrum so. we had when Dean tried to know us? Oh man, <laughs> the most bits before crits fucking things are when 
the world is actively shaped for a bit, defiantly so, by the group of people and (laughs) against Dean's intentions. And Dean knows that that's how it works. So he knows he's not going to win the fight, but he puts it up, which ultimately makes it all the more satisfying for us because we've defeated him. Faux show. Out of curiosity, what was the restaurant's name? I didn't even have a name for the restaurant. All I knew that it was was a fancy family (laughs) style. Dean genuinely sad. And now it Shane still is both sad. of those things. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's going to be exactly what it is. You will see. I, I'm thrilled, actually, to go to the all He is plotting so his good. revenge. It's so good. In about, in about like an hour and a half, we're going to record the next episode, and he's going to hand it to us. We're going to get trail. the shittiest Italian food. It's just going to be like microwave spaghetti. We're going to yeah. meet a character that at- can vomit projectile unlimited breadsticks. Oh, that's I like that. I wish I could be that I would literally give anything for an Olive Garden breadstick bowl right now. But you know, it That's does. More. It does feel like. I mean, it was prophetic, right? The olive bit at the beginning that was just because Yo, I didn't know how to improvise true. and extending the olive branch, like and Chesco being an olive, like really. It was we olive, we thread the it. Olive cometh. Olive, it did, yeah. we did olive bring it all cometh. back, and it, it brought up your prophetic abilities because you sensed where Uncle Smelly was, and you knew that there were olives in your future. No, it really fits. I'm thrilled to go to the Olive Garden. It was so good. It was so good. (laughs) The garden giveth and the garden taketh away. The first sentence anyone has ever said, I'm really excited to go to the Olive Garden. I think think that you guys are not understanding that I love the Olive Garden. (laughs) (laughs) I think that you think think I'm kidding. Yeah, Jamie's going to have a hard time deciding whether or not to have his wedding at an Olive Garden or a Panera. (laughs) <laughs> that is very true if I was ever if I ever thought that a marriage was a good idea for two people to undergo. Let me articulate my experience of the Olive Garden. The Olive Garden was the place that my well-meaning friends would take me out to dinner with when I was staying over at their house for the night. I basically just filled up on breadsticks, which is the only thing that you can even stomach at that place. The breadsticks are the Olive Garden. Godsend. Just the concept of unlimited felt good. Yeah. Uh, what about when yeah. they like put the cheese on your plate and they just keep going? Oh, like hmm? so great. You could tell them like never to stop. You could just say they I would want keep all going forever. I love at Olive Garden the Zupa Toscana soup. It's like their potatoy soup. If I ever go, I get the Zupa Toscana and salad and unlimited breadsticks, and I'm super happy. I'm just saying, if Olive Garden wants to send a sponsorship our way, I, I don't know. I think we should take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, guys, we're doing an ad read right now. <laughs> I really want to be at an Olive Garden right now. And I, I don't have a joke to make about that. You guys, quarantine has been really hard. It's been really difficult. I want to say one of my favorite parts of this episode was when Galaxio actively created a shadow ball so that you could huddle within it and plan and discuss. And as soon as you enter the huddle, it'll probably get cut from the app. But there was just like 10 seconds of silence <laughs> where these four characters who are all classically known for their strategizing ability just sat there in the darkness and looked at each other like, I just wanted to be close to them. I just wanted the keys with the rats. Well, you know, like that first episode feel, I always feel like we we do this where we're like, okay, what the fuck are we doing? Right. It becomes more natural. About three episodes in, I always feel like, okay, great. We got our groove. Yeah. When we popped into the darkness cloud, I remember that pause. And I remember looking at the three of you on my screen and being like, I know one of these, one of these gays has a good quip to throw in. And I was like, I'll wait. 
But I guess we might have all been thinking the same thing. Well, I, to be honest, JB, thought you were going to call the meeting to order in the darkness blob, especially since I defer to you often as the strategist. I thought that I, like, was calling, you know, I thought I was gaveling with the activation of the shadow cloud. It's just like we all walked into a room and you were sitting there and then we all took a seat and then we all just sat and looked at you. Oh, I and then can't you wait went. for every single episode of this entire season, us being like, okay, let's have a chat. And then 25 seconds of silence while <laughs> reading on each other. <laughs> uh, guys, we're professional improvisers. I love that about us. I love the shadow huddle as a technique, though, because you knew that Uncle Smelly both had high-level obfuscate powers to hide himself and others, mm-hmm. and also could see things and knew things that he didn't normally need, but blocking that ability with the shadow power, which doesn't really have a counter, was really clever. I really yeah. appreciated that. I mean, I was yeah. wondering, like, this guy has such a high level of obfuscate, can he still just see and hear us? Like, if he is able to shroud a whole rooftop in darkness... It's not shrouded in darkness, though. It's shrouded in obfuscate. It's a completely different ability. Obfuscate Mm -hmm. causes... not shadow magic. ...people to just not pay attention to you. I see. Right. The the shadow magic is like nightmare. It's like the the cold of death. Like, if you guys were to try to fight me or something within the shadow, we would all have weakened dice pools, but because we weren't doing anything that required that, it wasn't, like, relevant. But, like, the darkness saps, like, your life force away. Like, it is, like, a terrifying thing. It's not just darkness, you know? Did Chesco have his intelligent moment in the shadow cloud? Yeah, girl. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize that the reason why it was your intelligence came back is because last time you were in the void, Uh you were highly intelligent. Right. Yeah, I retroactively realized that that was what happened when Jamie was like, oh, did Chesco get smarter? I'm like, well, last time Chesco was smarter, he was <gasps> in the void. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I would love to see moving forward, because I assume these huddle sessions will be a bit. <laughs> I would love to see each of you manifesting, because I remember Galaxio had a bit of a shortened temper when he was in the in the void. As yeah. opposed to outside the void, when he's famously patient. Yeah. Famously, extraordinarily patient. I remember I felt like Galaxia was like angry drunk uh, when he was in the void. He was like, okay, fine. Magdalene is kind of the same in the void. She just doesn't hear the voices. Didn't she get like a superpower? Yeah, she That's... did get a superpower in the void that she never she used. It. Wasn't it self-reflection as well? You were just like floating alone. You could yeah. finally be alone with your own thoughts. Magdalena might be the Buddha. Who knows? Only she knows. <laughs> I just got she slightly better drag. I don't want to derail conversation, but I'm very, very interested in the regime shift. I know we were talking about potential plots and Dean said he wanted it to be political, but I just love the idea of a regime shift because not only will there be people who are like, I genuinely think this is a great idea and people who are like, I genuinely am obviously against this. I am excited to find like the centrists vampires who are like, oh, like, I don't love this, but I'm not. I'm also not against it because those are going to be the people that I feel like are going to be most Vote interesting Camarilla, to interact no with. Vote Camarilla, no matter who. Vote Camarilla. Hey, but isn't Brandy Camarilla? I have a voice and a fleshed out character of a centrist vampire who was at that party. We may yet meet him. <laughs> oh, yeah, because when we start next episode, I assume we're starting in the Cabana Unana. Like, I assume we're going to be right back there at the party. I do not assume that. I oh, would interesting. So, I mean, there was more that could have been said with Uncle Smelly, but I think we can cut away to uh, Olive Garden. I think it makes a good deal of sense. Obviously, there was more that could have been done at that party, but 
(laughs) But we don't ever get anything done. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And I think Vampire in the first season was known for hopping around a lot, jumping to different locations. And we can do that more of that where if in season three, or not in season three, in episode three, someone's like, hey, you know, I'd really love to set up a meeting with Jean Bardot and see how he feels about Brandy. We just do that. Mm Mm-hmm. You're in the city. We can get there. Also, you know, if we start the next episode at the cabana and we're like, okay, we got to get to the Olive Garden, the entire episode is going to be us on the subway. Yeah, you're going to be traveling. traveling It will be impressive. It will be impressive if we make it to the subway. Yeah, we may not make it to the subway. Yeah. (laughs) So we're just going to fast travel to Olive Garden. Yeah, probably, you know, about two weeks later. (laughs) Stop. It would have been a 20-minute walk from Midtown to the Times Square Olive Garden. Yeah, but there's a lot of rats along the way, and Jesco might be hungry. So, Oh, my God. So the open question that I kept struggling with is, one, how do you bring you together because you're not an adventuring party? But two, how to, how to have you bring yourselves together? Like, give the Just same... How to rope Galaxio into it also. And that was what surprised me, is that it wasn't Galaxio that I had to rope in. That's it true. was Chesco and Magdalena. Love had pretty clear not being happy with not being able to perform anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at first I was like, oh, I can't. Like, I was so in awe of, of Gene, but then I did come to the realization. How did you feel about the decision to begin in Media Res at a location where all of you were present already? Oh, I thought that was dope. I thought that was dope rather than doing a, like, each of us at our individual homes and then coming together and then having to be like, oh, I haven't seen you in so long, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, just being like, we're in it. I think that was great. Cool, yeah. cool. I remember, okay, my favorite first episode on the pod so far is the Rising first episode, but with characters like these who, like, none of us have secrets from the audience necessarily. Um, I don't know if y'all have planned anything with Dean, but, like, I don't have any secrets from the audience, so to throw us right back in and be like, you know, these are the, essentially the personalities you're working with, like, I don't mind jumping right into the action and just being like, we're all here because yeah. this is such an established group of characters that it's also generally a good rule of improv, too, is you always want to start in the middle of something. Yeah, I do think we all perhaps knew that every other person was at this the, at this Elysium, but yeah. <laughs> we weren't and necessarily again. together because we we have different interests. Which is fun. It, it was kind of a happy medium in that way. You, we got to each zoom in for our sort of quote-unquote entrance moment, but we didn't have to, you know, travel leagues and miles. Another thing that's different between this and the first episode of Rising is Rising, we drew out that episode because we were also building a world. Whereas here, not only are the characters already known if you've listened through the first season, but the world is quite clear. 1995 Mm -hmm. New York. You're on top of a skyscraper. Let's go, baby. Yeah, it's a totally different game per season when we're creating a world versus when we like have it. Like we had it in Rising and Dungeon World where like everything we do, we have to ask the question like, oh, like is there public transportation? Is there a path to get there? Is there a building? What does it look like? Blah, blah, blah. Whereas here we can like fill in the blanks, which is really fun because we're just can make those assumptions. I wonder if we have any New York people that listen to our podcast who uh, get the same satisfaction that we do when we're like, okay, yeah, but like which subway are we going to take into Brooklyn? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you take the L train, you can only get into Bushwick, but you can't get to like BAM or anything like that. And that doesn't make any sense to anyone else. I, I mean, I'm hoping New Yorkers will be like, oh, yeah, that old thing. And then people that, like, aren't from New York will be like, we'll assume it's, like, nonsensical anyway. Because, like, 
You know, in the Californian sketch where they're like, you get on 91, you take a left, you go right to Foxins, you get on the parkway. Like, I don't know if any of that shit is real. The parkways in California, you're clearly not from California. (laughs) You're clearly not from California. Yeah, no, you get on the 5, then you get on the 91. Uh, okay, well, I've, you get off my dick. Tyler I've missed Cross. saying this. Jamie is pouting. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah, I couldn't let that slide. Being the sole person from Jamie California Jamie. here. I think the the fundamental reason why I pushed back so hard on the Olive Garden, it wasn't for any mechanical reason. It was because I was like, I intentionally set up a location they could go to in Queens, Brooklyn, and Manhattan because I wanted to get out of Manhattan this season. And I was like, oh, I guess they're not going to go to the Italian community in Queens. We're just going to go to Times Square, <laughs> which the New Yorker in me is feeling the exact same way as when relatives come to visit. Let's go to Times Square. When, oh, my God. Kill uh, me. Right. And, and I'm like, no, no, you, you got to believe the best Italian food. We got to get some Chinese out in Queens. Come on. you got. And they're like, oh, we, we want to go see the Statue of Liberty. We want to see Empire State. And they pay like $50 to see the Statue of Liberty Then, when really all you have to do is take the free Staten Island Ferry. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Every time my mom comes to town and she's like, let's get food at that really good Chinese place. And it's like, OK, which Panda walk Express. to walk. Yeah, <laughs> it's walk to walk like in the oh theater God. district, because anytime she comes to town to see a show, because I live in the city. Anytime my mom comes to town to see a Broadway show, she like we just get dinner right there. So it's like, yeah, I think Arby's? that's the difference between like. A New Yorker and a tourist because I see any kind of like ethnic food and the rating on the restaurant is B. I'm like, shit, that's where I got to go. God. That's where the good food is. Oh, yeah. We're stronger than I. There there was <laughs> Nick moved recently. But when I used to go down like by his apartment and by Hannah's apartment who lives by you. Ooh, there was that Indian food place, one where I asked out the employee. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was a good place. It's, it's so good, dude. Oh, my God. That Indian food was unfucking real. How did it go? With the employee. Oh, well, um, moving I, on. I, I was about to say, I mean, well, do you see a ring on this delicious, spindly little finger, Dean? <laughs> then I guess I failed. Because if I was worth love, I would have a lawfully wedded husband, and that's a fact. Ooh. Ow. The worst. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. I don't believe in marriage. It's a sham. But no, okay, he t- yeah, he did but like, what down. if a doctor fell in love with you and wanted to marry you? Okay, if somebody you're not going to say no to that. If income. somebody rich fell in love with me and wanted to legally tie themselves to me, I'm not an idiot. Like, I'm not going to turn that up. But you heard it here first on Bits After Crits. If you're rich and you want to marry Jamie Green, the answer is yes. He has no qualms with marriage as long as you're rich. As long as you're rich and don't want to sign a prenup, I'm ready to go now. Like, I'm free this <laughs> afternoon. Like, what are you up to? He's going to kill you. <laughs> His parents like, signed a mysterious Don't life. sign the life insurance. <laughs> he a kitty kitty. <laughs> hey, kitty girl. <laughs> Get murdered. <laughs> Get your twirl. Ooh, what is our theme song going to be? Is it just going to be Vampire, oh, Vampire? Vampire. Gotta be yeah, Vampire, yeah. Vampire. No other Vampire. Vampire. So yeah. Vampire, Vampire. Stronger than a vampire. Magic Daddy, Rail Rire. Rail Rire. Bill Nye. through the ghetto. A climate change denier. Vampire, Vampire. I got what you need. <laughs> 
We have to do a cover of the vampire song for oh. Bits After Crits Patreon content. Oh, absolutely. Oh, also, also what we need to do, sorry, that was a little loud, is once quarantine is somewhat lifted, we all need to go to a fucking Olive Garden in like New Jersey and take some pictures. No. I could be there this Wait, evening. I'll break quarantine to go to the Olive Garden. Gonna cop out and go to New Jersey now. Yeah, we but go the Times Square Olive Garden is so expensive. The Times Square Olive Garden is about five hundred dollars for like a plate of cold chicken parmesan. So besides Olive Garden, I'm curious what people are interested in exploring this season. I flipped through my book that just has Olive Garden on every <laughs> page. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good with Olive Garden, man. What I mean, you've already next... given me a huge like thing I wanted, which was to encounter a Nosferatu, because I. Loved getting to use Chesco's stunning in the reverse direction. Is Doctor Smelly not a Nosferatu? No, he is. That's why no, I said he absolutely is. Encountering another Nosferatu, you've like already given me something I really was excited and enthused about. And I'll say, Uncle Smelly, I do have a confession to make. He, along with several other characters in this chronicle, are taken from the books. So Uncle Smelly is a canon character in the Vampire uh, the Masquerade universe. I'm oh so god. glad. What? Oh um, my god. Yeah. Like I was flipping through canon characters who live in New York to see if there were any, because you know, there's no voices. So to me, the voice is so much the NPC. So if you give me a character, like uh, Archbishop Polonia is canon. Mm. He's a canon leader of the Sabbat in New York. That doesn't mean anything. It gives me his power sets and like how cool he is, and it's a fun name. But then I can come up with a, a voice based off it. But as soon as I was scrolling down, and it was all these names like Eduardo the Third, or all these Eduard like ah famous ancient. Eduardo the Third. I love Shakespeare. All these like long, <laughs> but all these long names, and then in the middle it's Uncle Smelly, and I'm. Ugh. Oh, baby, oh. Click, click, click. Let's read on right this on boy. Brand. Wait, Dean's, hold up. Dean, I'm going to Google Uncle Smelly. You can't Google Uncle Smelly. There's spoilers in there. Oh, no, okay. don't do it. Nice. Dean, now all of our can, I, are can I look up a Uncle picture Smelly. of Uncle Smelly? You can theoretically look up a picture of Uncle Smelly, but I, I don't even think you can do that because there's a major spoiler that is closely connected with Uncle Smelly that I do not want anyone hinted at. Okay, so Dean, you have to find us a photo that we're allowed to look at of Uncle Smelly, and you have to show him to us. All right, I'm finding it. It could be the cover art. At 5 a.m. this morning on Vampire the Masqueradepedia, <laughs> Dean is scrolling through a list of character names, locates Uncle Smelly, and is like, Hey, ho I'm on a road, riding so high, <laughs> smelling my goals, I'm smelling oh. some holes, smelling some holes. Oh, I don't like this one. I'll find one though. I'll find oh. a good Uncle Smelly figure. Yeah, you want you want to make sure Uncle Smelly is photographed at the right angle. I was kind of hoping, since Nick did so well on the the stunning role, that they were going to have some some sexy times. That's what I thought was going to happen. I can't give them sexy times in episode one. I don't know if Chesco has sexy times. I should clarify. He has yeah, not so yet many about holes, though. That. We're talking he, about the state of his uh, maybe empty, hollow, you know, dick. So I think he even said in this episode he doesn't have sexual feelings. He uh, maybe has no feeling in his dick. In his, oh, in his that's member. But I can confirm that just because a person's penis is out of commission does not mean they cannot achieve orgasm through other means. I have seen this. I have done this. Hey, oh, ho. Hey, oh, ho. But in the incredibly non-canon video Nosferatu where two other NPCs from other seasons and Chesco watch the film Nosferatu and comment upon it, 
Chesco does announce that he is asexual. Meanwhile, Nick keeps commenting on how big of a fatty the human lead of Nosferatu has. And you're right. (laughs) I ain't wrong, baby. He literally has a fatty. And I noticed it immediately, but Nick didn't comment on it to like the next scene. And I was like, I'm shocked you didn't get it immediately. He's got a huge ass, dude. He's got a fucking Pixar mom dump truck ass. (laughs) (laughs) He's got got good pants, too. The pants really help sell it. Oh, the fit or the pants are high waisted motherfuckers. I was like, I would like a pair of pants that fit my body like that. We'll post a link to the said video in the description. Speaking of which, we are almost over. So I'll ask again is there anything you want to see? Here's your chance to tell me things. Uh, I want to see the relationship between Love and Archbishop Polonia. I want to see what's happened because I, I think canonically he has been teaching me how to harness my newfound obtenebration powers. So I'm really interested to see what, what that's like. We were lovers in the past. I don't know. Maybe that got a little spicy again. Well, you know, we're doing a horror podcast and I don't know what is more horrifying than the suburbs of New Jersey. <laughs> oh, we're not going to Jersey this season. No, we, no. Just like we weren't going to Olive Garden. Just yeah. Now we're just going to insist on it. Well, I don't know what to do with my uh, vampires that I'm reviving since they canonically apparently scream most of the day, night. But I was like, you said did y'all better? Did they y'all are getting agree better to that? Well, you like, know, did Dean stat out what you had in terms no. of the recovery? No, I mean, we discussed that there was less than a dozen vampires who would have awoken from torpor at this point. So I said, yeah, you can have like up to a dozen vampires in exactly what Nick described, like a round table set up with a bunch of chairs and stuff. Uh, (laughs) It was you who decided to nerf them down to three and then also say they were catatonic or screaming. I mean, canonically, too, they may be screaming just because Chesco's talking. I don't know. I guess, I guess I thought it would be more interesting. No, I, I like it. I was addicted. I, I'm obsessed because... Dean's like, I don't have to voice 12 NPCs now. Now they're just screaming. Hell yeah. No, I just have to do 12 screams. <laughs> but it's Three. clear that their minds are, yeah, rent pretty badly. And yeah. they've got to recover. So, no. I don't know. And I just didn't want to give myself the pressure of like, oh shit, well now I have to like lead an army of vampires. Yeah, Magdalena you know, is they not may co- a I think they operator. ought to come into play in some way. Um, oh, yeah. But I just didn't want 12. I think that's a great solution, because that was one of the things I was worried about. I was worried about Polonia playing too big a role. I was worried about them playing too big a role. But I think both are both looped in elements from the last season, but clearly not like the main plot. I'm also interested to see how like the Sabbat gathers Because even within the vampire community, I assume, you know, it's just hard to amass people in one location safely. And I'm really interested in seeing, clearly the Camarilla are not afraid of other vampires, even though they obfuscate to keep their shit, like, on lockdown. That feels like more like a masquerade thing. So I'm really interested to see exactly how much power does Sabbat still have, how popular are they, and what is the response? How do they gather? How do they organize? How do they rally? And then what do they want? Is there going to be an attempt to compromise or is it going to be like a you or me like i'm excited to see that play out on pod i I think that's gonna be pretty interesting because i had started to think through those things but as dm i really can't give them too much agency all the political pieces on the board kind of have to be waiting to get pushed one way or the other Mm -hmm. if they have intent right but you guys are the wild card that can pull the stick out of the jenga tower and bring it all crashing down 
And on that note. And on that note, note. we'll bid you adieu. Let's bring this Jenga tower crashing down, baby. (laughs) This has been Bits After Crits. Thanks for joining us. If you liked what you heard and like what you see, as Nick would say, you can follow us after every single episode on our Patreon. Any subscriber at $5 or above gets full access to these after shows. Yeah, and it costs $0 to follow Bits Before Crits on Instagram or especially Twitter. And it costs zero additional dollars to like and retweet my tweets. It's, it costs you no money to comment, hey, Jamie, great work. I'm proud of you. I'm going to Venmo you money now. And then you Venmo me money right to my Venmo. What's your Venmo, Jamie? At Jamie Green Machine. Whoa, crazy. Did you hear Dean censored Jamie's uh, Venmo handle just <laughs> like Petraea's age? If you censor this Venmo handle, Dean, I will burn Utica to the ground. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I see Jamie paying people to like his tweets in the future. We'll see. We'll see. I don't need to do that, Tyler, okay? Because I'm a celebrity on Twitter. I have over 1K followers right now, which Ooh. is means 1,000. I don't know if you've ever even heard that language. 1K means 1,000. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Do I like the way you make me feel like I could be the number one key maintained? All those pretty words you say to me, they pick me up whenever I'm feeling down.